your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show that features people from all over the world whose positive achievements are inspiring positive actions. Today's guest I met in Florida at the International Podcast Movement Conference. Pat Hilmers is a business consultant, technology startup coach, and podcast producer. He is also the author of The Selling with Confidence Sales System, host of the award-winning Sales Babble Sales Podcast, and founder of Avenetto Media Podcast Production Services. But there's more to him than his businesses. He truly wants to see people succeed, and he encourages others through his wisdom and kind-heartedness. He has a great sense of humor, which he uses to inspire, which inspires me. But when I asked him what his P.I. is, his positive imprint, he said, My positive imprint is that I really am a great dad and husband. Pat Helmers, welcome to my show, Your Positive Imprint. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. That was extremely generous. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are this amazing, I don't want to say babbler, humorous podcaster, but you are. That's how I met you. In Florida, you were babbling with somebody else there near these puppy dogs that were so cute and adorable, and your conversation intrigued me. And I joined in, and that's how we met. <laughs> it was a terrific conference, Catherine. I've I've been to this conference before a few times. I learned so much. I learned so much, and uh, it really it, re it really changed the course of my business. And uh, we met so many great people. I got a big pile. I got a whole plastic bag full of business cards that I met that I've been following up with people, and I've had some of those people on my podcast. <laughs> Look me, here I am on yours. Yeah, well, it's fabulous, and I'm thrilled to have you. And there's so much about you. I mean, there's your business life, there's your personal life, and all of this, they're all part of your positive imprints. You are leaving a trail of positive imprints and then continuing another one. So let, let's talk about who you are. Who is Pat? You, you've become this independent business person. How did you get there? Did you dream about having your own businesses? What what was life like before you stepped into this world of independent businessman? This is the last place I thought I'd ever be. Actually, sometimes I look back at my life and I'm kind of surprised how I ended up where I was. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be, I liked science fiction and I always wanted to be an, you know, an engineer. I always wanted to work on technical things. And that's what I studied in college. My, I have a couple degrees in computer science. I was a software developer, software engineer. And I worked for Bell Laboratories, Lucent Technologies for many years, um, worked on some really great projects. And then I came to this realization that we were working on a lot of projects that got canceled, which always surprised me because I thought it was really cool stuff. Because the contracts were dropped? I, I, I really didn't understand what was going on. So I kind of moved up more closer and closer to the front end with working with the sales teams, and I just came to the realization that uh, we weren't sell we weren't making things that people really wanted, and that was just absolutely intrigued me, absolutely intrigued me. And before you know it, actually I got laid off from there. I was a manager there. They they had me lay off everybody that worked for me, and then they laid me off. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> 
so seems what, to be the corporate go around. So I started working for a software startup, and uh, and I said I'm gonna I'd like to go into selling, and I start and I came I became a sales professional that way, and I taught myself sales, and as we grew, I became the VP of sales and marketing, and then I learned I kind of come to realize that if you don't provide value to your to your customers, um, they're not gonna buy it. <laughs> if they don't see it's a fair exchange, they're not gonna they're not gonna buy stuff. And you know that's that's something that that I found important in our conversations is that value that you've talked about that you really want to help customers find that value and you're not talking dollars and cents you're talking something beyond that talk about that yeah you know it's i think too often when people kind of get into sales they think it's all about closing deals and making money but in reality that that just doesn't work if that's that's what you're 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 chasing what really helps is that if you Genuinely treat people just like all the other people in your life. You know, think about the people that you help in your family and your friends and the things that you've done there. If you try to listen to people, what their real problems are and what their aspirations are, like there's both sides of there. There's pains and desires, right? If you if you deeply listen to what's what's going on in their lives, and if you can think that, and if it comes to your realization that maybe I can help them, help them. And uh, and sometimes you can't help them, but sometimes they know people who you can help. So over time, if you're just constantly helping people and actually building uh, a, a network of, of, of people that respect you, then then you can actually sell stuff that can actually make you money. But you don't chase the money. You chase you chase the helping. That's what makes the difference. My I have a podcast on selling, like you, you mentioned on it, called Sales Babble. It's about selling secrets for non-sellers. And that's the whole point of this podcast was that anybody can become competent at selling. You may not love it. You may not be the best in the world, but good enough that anybody can be competent in sales if they have the attitude of like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? And I love what you said, chase the helping. And how can I help you? How can I help you? That That's awesome because that's part of what I think in my world. That's really what I think is helps, as you say, the value. You took all of this through your years of experience and you're 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 from Chicago or is okay, yeah so you yeah, yeah. and so and you're still residing there I'm born and raised in Illinois <laughs> <laughs> haven't left I've toured the world I've been all over the world I've lived but I've for the most part this is yeah I'm an Illinoisan all right well so you decided to take all of this knowledge and all of your experiences and go for it through words and that is your book, Selling with Confidence. Mm -hmm. Tell me, let, let's hear about. Yeah, it's a it's so, so Selling with Confidence is an online self-paced sales course. It kind of walks people through the whole process of what what does it mean? What does it mean to help other people? And how can you kind of explain that? Like we talk about your value proposition. We talk about how to network with people. We talk about how to cold call people, which which is actually not as hard as it sounds like. How to send emails and how to have a cadence, how to how to come how to give people the a really good presentation that kind of like speaks to the you know the challenges that they have, and then have, kind of get them to actually say like this is something I'd really like, and get them to actually say they want to buy it. Not not a pushy close, but but a, but a close that they kind of jump on. And yeah, and the podcast and the uh, the whole course does does all that. It's like I don't really know how many it is eight, nine, ten units, you know, and you just walk through them, click, 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 and 
and it's it's been really really fun. I just spoke to one of the one of my graduates last week, and how it's been helping her. She sells software to schools, and she's found just a ton of that value in that, and that's just so gratifying. I send people little like uh, certificates of completion when they're done. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that you that you. Uh, get the get joy out of it because you can hear it in your voice and of course your your laugh so the selling with confidence can be found online and it's a set of courses they do it on their own it's self-paced yeah and you'll see people you know they'll, they'll click off a a unit at a time over you know often people do one week at a time and so it, it takes a couple months to get through the whole thing but it's very it's very it's very very practical stuff the thing about confidence comes from repetition yeah so Obviously, you have been putting together. And how long did it take you to put something like that together? Oh, well, probably I wrote that maybe four years ago. Probably took me a good six months, seven months. Sheets. It's got handouts. It's got a whole bunch of paper worth worth it too, you know. But but mostly the most powerful thing about it is it's very similar to the Sales Babble podcast. It's audio. It's something that people can listen to. And that's what people want who listen to my podcast, something similar to what they have, you know, when, so they're, they're very, very familiar with it. Some people are audio learners. It's really great for that. Well, your podcast is so much fun. I always love the little squeaky sound. We, and whenever I hear that, it's, oh, Pat's on. Now you have Abonetto Media Podcast Production Services. Yep. Why Abonetto? <laughs> well, I like Abonero peppers. Okay. Do you grow them out in Illinois? I do. Ah. And they're, and they're <laughs> super hot. I don't know if you know anything about peppers, but like a green pepper is a one on a what they call the Scoville scale. An jalapeno, jalapeno is like a three thousand, and like an habanero is like a two hundred thousand. It's like a whole lot more hot. But there's a sweetness to habaneros that are that I like. But they're really, really, really peppery, and and uh, we're getting off the off, we're getting getting off track. Oh no! I want to. I want to go back to the habanero. I, I'm from New Mexico. We're the green and red chili capital of the world. <laughs> so, gotta hear about the habanero. Habaneros come from um, <laughs> Central America. Aztecs, Mayans, you know, cook cooked with them. A lot of these peppers all came from, you know, from Central and South America years and years and years ago. And they're they're terrific natural anti-inflammatories. Um, people who have, who eat a lot of peppers have less stomach ailments. They have less, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really terrific. My, 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 my wife has tri-trigeminal neuralgia and she's found the cap, the capsaicin, that's the peppery part of these peppers actually is a healing, has a healing effect. It's pretty, oh. I can go on and on about peppers. Why they, why, why, why they rock. One of my favorite beers, I'm a, I'm a brewer too, is like mango habanero IPAs are just terrific. <laughs> There's a great brewery in Albuquerque. It's a great, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of great breweries in, in That's how I make her, the vet. <laughs> <laughs> so you brew your own beer. Now I know why you've chosen Avanero for the name of your media podcast production services. So well, what is that? It's a hot it? podcast production service. Hot podcast production service. Podcasting is the new blogging. And, and as podcast is. listeners, they probably you probably know this to be true. Although podcasting's been around for I don't think fifteen years for quite a while actually. Uh, a buddy of mine has a golf podcast. I think he's been doing it for fifteen years. Only very recently, the last year or so, is is it really exploded? In fact, when we were a podcast movement. We saw a lot of broadcasters there that have never been at that event before. Uh, ABC was there, ESPN, uh, Spotify, Pandora. 
these are people that weren't at that event there, and everybody's seeing that there's a lot of possibility with with podcasting. So I've been asked to speak about podcasting quite a bit this year, which I thought was interesting, and I would talk about it. And and then people would ask me, well, I want to start a podcast. Could you help me, Pat? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'll get you started, but I don't want to do it. And it was that podcast move that I came to the realization of like, wow, there's people doing this. And I am uniquely qualified to do this. It was a, kind of my superpower. You got to look for your own personal superpower so you can have a positive imprint on the world, right? Right. right. So and I'm like, well, I know a lot about business and I know a lot about uh, business development and I know a lot about podcasting because I've been hosting the Sales Babble podcast for like five years. So I thought, you know, well, why don't I help people do this? This could be kind of a fun thing to do. It was that podcast movement that I did my very first episode actually got somebody to start a podcast that friday of the last day when it was over and i got done i'm like dang i could do this for a living and i think i would like it. i think this would be a lot of fun it'd be more fun and i've been doing a lot of business consulting and i still do that um that takes up the vast majority of my time for, for startups especially technical startups but i think this would be a fun thing to do so i've like done a bunch of podcasts since then i I like it. That's the whole idea of that you can use podcasts to generate leads. You can do you can use podcasting to grow your business. And a lot of people don't take podcasting from that point of view. It's kind of more of an art project. Um, but that's not how I'm how I'm approaching it. My my goal is to get have people get the results of retaining clients, upselling them, getting them to become references, getting building something so that they can refer you to other people. And then getting people who might be potential customers into your, into a conversation with you through the podcast. Like I might say, Catherine, I'd be honored to have you on a podcast, on my IT MSP podcast <laughs> <laughs> or my veterinarian podcast and, um, and get you to talk about things that you are and then eventually maybe turn you into, convert you into a customer. So, yep, that's what, that's what Abanero is all about. Yeah, awesome, Pat. So you, you're just diving into so much, and you have done so much. And your voice, obviously, is well known in the podcast community. I myself uh, enjoy your podcast. And so now you are you have all those business positive imprints, and you're inspiring others to become better sellers, better business people with value and heart. If you remember our we were talking on LinkedIn and I asked you, what is your PI? Actually, you just answered it because my tag is, what's your PI? And so you came back with this answer and you said, you know, my PI is being a great dad and a husband. I was just at um, a wedding Saturday. Very, very, very good friends of my sons. I have four sons. These two their friends, their brothers, are almost like sons of mine. And it's just so gratifying to be there and to see them get married and to see them move forward. And to see that they're such good, loyal friends with my sons, and my sons are such good, loyal friends with each other, and they've all become friends of mine, you know, move from, from the father-son situation to more of the friend, more of a friend right, situation. right. But at the same time, I'm still always the father, <laughs> which which means they pick on me. <laughs> but that just means so, so so much to me. I was in my wife and I moved to China three years ago. She got a job as a principal at a school there, and while we were in Xi'an, China, I bought some of these little terracotta soldier guys, which are very similar to the ones that the I think it was the Emperor Chang 
in the first century. He was buried with these things, these big full-size terracotta soldiers to guard him in the afterlife. And uh, so I have these, I had this little set of them. And on Saturday night, I gave them to my four sons, my, they're, they're two friends and, and another friend of theirs that they're all have been grown up together through college and everything. And like, you guys are all my sons. And that's how they see me. They see me as their, as their, as their father. And, and that is like the most gratifying thing in the world is to know that I've had this positive imprint on these boys and they've, and they're, and, and they're men now and they're, they're going off for and they're being highly successful. Three of my sons are married. My, my oldest son just had a little baby boy. He's, <laughs> absolutely beautiful james and it's just so fun to hold him it's like it's and you and you just see this this flow of like you know wow look at this and i look backwards too i look at you know my father who has passed and my grandfather who i remember it and you know it's just 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 long this long flow of it And, and we're here on the planet for such a small period of time so it's really important to like appreciate the moment and um yeah, it was just a really terrific. It really encapsulated that wedding. Really encapsulated how I feel about you know the the, the impact that I've had on the world and 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 probably and no one's ever going to remember me in 100, 200 years. <laughs> I mean, we that that's true. The vast majority of us, the vast majority of us are not Caesars, right? The yeah. vast majority is going to remember us. So what really matters is like you know the impact that you've had on the people around you and. You know, it's the it's the pebble in the water, and as the ripples blow out, so yeah. When as you were speaking, you were just, you, you know, you could, I, I can see you, and so you can certainly see, you know, as a cliche, the twinkle in your eye and the smile on your face, and truly, you are feeling that your positive imprints are embedded deeply within your sons and your extended family. And you, you obviously feel strongly about your positive imprints as a dad. What makes you such a great dad? So you, you have these children, four, that are growing up with you as dad and your positive imprints. What, what makes you feel that you're the way you feel about your yourself? Hmm. I just have a genuine desire to have ensure that they're successful and that they're happy. And so what are some of the things that you did as a dad to make sure that that would happen? Because that just doesn't come, you know, just from you being around. You obviously have to do things that they're seeing. Kids want a lot of your time. They want all of you. And if you have kids, there, it, there's it's, there's X amount of work that you're going to put into to raising ki- to kids. A lot of people try to defer the work but not put it in when they're younger and then it just but you got to put it in when they're older. So if you do it improperly, you're bailing them out of jail, they're not moving out of the house, you know, <laughs> off of you. But if you put the energy in when they're little, you know, that 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 can make all the difference. So kids just want your time. They want a lot of your time. And it's the most precious thing that you have in life. So if you're really generous with the time with them, you know, uh, talking to them and listening to them and playing with them and just being present in the moment for them, uh, that that pays off huge. Um, another sure. thing is, one thing I saw that a lot of people aired when raising their kids, which is pretty clear, is they didn't let them fail. So the, the more you can let them fail when they're younger, because it's safer, you know, to fail when you're younger, um, the more resilient they become over time. 
Um, so then when big problems happen, they know how to de- address it. If you've not had any significant failures until you're like 20 or 21, you know, if you flunk a class, you know, you get arrested, you break up with somebody, somebody close to you dies, you get fired from a job, you don't know how to deal, you don't know how to deal with these kinds of things. But if you dealt with them when you were like 12, like, you know, you, for, you forgot to bring socks camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to bring something decent to eat. You're not going to starve, but you're going to suffer through for two or three days, or you forget a coat and you're rainy. And uh, we were all about letting the kids fail. And you know, th- it's and fail. Maybe maybe is the the when, the way that I'm seeing it is I'm seeing it not so much as failure, but as making mistakes, which I guess could be failing, but making mistakes and allowing them to suffer, like you say, those consequences. And that's how I was raised. And I always look back, this is, you'll laugh at this, but this is something that you're talking about. We were not, a, we, we walked to school. It was about a mile and a half to walk to school, so it wasn't very far. And we were not allowed to leave the house for school until our bed was made and all of our toys and everything were put away. And one day I decided, okay, I'm not going to make my bed and I'm not going to put away my things because I don't want to go to school. I don't like my teacher. And so I didn't. And oh boy, my mother, you still have to go to school and you're going to be late. And you are the one that's going to suffer those consequences because it's your decision to not do what's right. So I Oh my gosh, I made the bed as quickly as I could and I put all my toys away and I ran to school, but I was still late. I went to a Catholic school. I got a detention. I had to clean the nun's convent as my detention. And because of that, I missed Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) And so I uh, never did that again. And I've had two detentions in my lifetime that I can remember. One was that one, and the second one was in high school when I uh, left camp. It was a closed campus, and I left campus with some friends to go eat lunch somewhere else. But anyway. I think it's that ability to overcome, that experience of that. I saw a problem. I fell into it. I was able to dig myself out of it. I was able to overcome that. And that's, that's really the lesson. I think that's, that, that, that's really, really powerful in that. That kind of resilience, that that, that, that really matters. That, that really matters when it comes to kids. The other thing, too, I think was powerful with it. We let the kids do what they wanted to do. We, let, we had them try out lots of sports, lots of events. You know, So they were... Um, well-rounded. They, they were well-rounded. So some of them played football. Some of them wrestled. Some of them, uh, all of them were in Boy Scouts. Some of them were in Scholastic Bowl. Some were, most of them were in band. It was just one thing at theater. They did you know, uh, musicals. My, my kids were in a lot of stuff, and it, and I let people try lots of things. I let them try lots of things, and the thing that was stuck that stuck. Um, it was Did really you pop- attend their as much as I could? Yeah. And see that that I think makes a huge difference too. They re- appreciated it. My oldest, my third son, who's a captain in the army, said was telling me that just the other day. I really appreciate you came to all the wrestling matches because I know it was really boring. It was really long. Football <laughs> games. I'm like, I loved coming to those games. Because it wasn't so much that it was, it was just to be able to see them perform, you know, and to see them re 
re- really have a passion about what they're about, that, that, that's more than enough. And it's made me a better person because, like, I never knew anything about golfing when I was – I didn't grow up with that. But my youngest son was um, was working at a Boy Scout camp, and they, and he learned how to golf. And next thing you know, he was teaching it. He's like, Dad, I think you would really like this. Now I'm an avid golfer. Oh, yeah, you are because you've talked about it on your podcast. <laughs> Way too often. <laughs> so, but it was my youngest son who got me into that. It was my youngest son who got his, his brothers to – collectively, they – they they collected money together and bought me a set of clubs, you yeah. know, and, and that's and that's that experience of golfing with them and being a part of them, you know, that's that forever locks us all together and and um, yeah, your kids can teach you a lot. Your kids can teach you a lot. Sure, and I like your ability to overcome statement because one of the things that happens in our society today, and I know you have seen this, witnessed it. And that is, there are so many parents out there who don't allow that to happen for their kids. They step in each and every time as the person that's going to take care of it. And so then those kids are never going to learn how to overcome uh, failure or overcome disappointment. And disappointment can have a harsh reality for some kids if they're not taught how to deal with it. We're seeing more and more that kids are not dealing with it, that their parents are just going in and putting up a ruckus and having things changed, and then their kid is happy, and they never had to deal with it. And I don't think that's a positive imprint for that child. When you talk about the resilience, is what you were saying earlier, that goes, that carries through your parenting, obviously carries through through your business because you're teaching, you're coaching those students that you have in your classes or online and the emails that come in, you're teaching them to overcome by using skills, by turning to skills, by improving skills and so on. Yeah, it's, you know, managing staff is very, very similar. You know, I've been a boss for years and years and you kind of take people where they're at each to their ability, each to their need, you know, quote Lenin, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think that's what really, really matters, you know, with, with people. Oh, I agree. I agree. And it doesn't matter what part, where you are. It's the same worldwide. I, I want to, Martin is someone that I interviewed from Czech Republic. We had a recorded conversation and he's a manager at an electric electronics corporation and he said what you're saying and I think that when you have so many of these great minds like yourself and like Martin who are saying these things that we need to treat people based on their needs I think that that helps the person to become a better producer yeah yeah not a cookie-cutter approach you know that sometimes we see in education right that we teach everybody the same thing in fourth grade you know, whether they're ready for it or not, that we're all, you know, each of us in many regards are alike, but in many regards, we're not. We're kind of like snowflakes that if you like step way back, we all look alike. <laughs> but if you dig in, each one's slightly unique. And we each come at a certain knowledge of the ability to 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 acquire knowledge at different places that are in our lives. When people are ready to learn something, we got to make sure that there's someone there to teach them. So, and that's you, and I certainly thank you for 
for that. And then your positive imprint, you know, you, you've talked about being a great husband and we've heard a bit about it, but is there anything you want to share or, or inspire others about the bliss of marriage? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, my wife's terrific. I've been married forever. What's powerful about my wife is, is that she's always been fun. She's always been fearless. She's always been a go-getter. She's always been an interesting person. So never ran out of things to say. I mean, she's the, we've been very supportive of each other at, at, you know, at, at difficult times in our lives. For the most part, we haven't taken advantage of that you know, negatively. We misspeak. We say things wrong. You know, we, we fight some. Mostly it's been about kids. It's less as kids has gone on. Chris could be very, very stressful. But we've really had each other back, and we've each made each other better people. She's allowed me to do just an amazing things that, that I know I've seen, I've seen in friends of mine's wives would not allow. <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, wow, that's pretty decent that my, my wife has been. <laughs> my wife took a job as a, as a principal in, uh, in China like three years ago. It was just an amazing experience to move to China, something I never thought. Yeah. But, and how long were you out in China? We lived the, we lived in Asia for six months. Okay. Uh, it was really 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 in, really interesting. It was just unbelievably interesting. Really kind of changed how I see things. Um, really instilled. And, and she says she took it because of my interest in in living abroad and being a digital nomad. Um, yeah, I love that digital but, nomad. <laughs> so, so when this opportunity came, she says, "Let's think we should do this," and I'm like, "Oh sure, sure," you know. Like and then we did it. I was like, "Oh my goodness, what did we get myself into?" You know, but it was just absolutely amazing experience. Never bored me. She's, I've never gotten bored with her. the The thing that keeps you in a state of infatuation is you keep discovering something in the person that you didn't know before. That's that. That's how we. You know, when you first meet people, you you're kind of infatuated with them because it's always like new. The trick to keeping love alive i think is constantly living in that reliving in that state of infatuation so when i see her doing things that i've never seen her do before i'm just like wow i can't believe it that's my wife that's so cool you know <laughs> that's just sexy as heck you know i remember the first time she's a kind of a shy person I remember the first time i saw her speak in front of 1500 people at this big event where her school was doing this musical thing and she was like thanking all the teachers and thanking all the kids and just really appreciating them and thanking all the parents for showing up and all the grandparents like like she just commanded the room and I was like <laughs> damn that's hot that's my wife <laughs> you know? oh pat that that's awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah she's pretty cool she's pretty cool <laughs> how many years have you two been married of uh, 35 well, congratulations. Well, Pat, is there anything that I haven't asked that you would absolutely love to chit-chat about or any last-second inspiring words? You know, it, this, this may seem like a paradox, but I have found that the more you serve the world, the more it will serve you. That If you put other people in place first, it's, it will come back, and it's and yes, it's an act of faith, right? It's 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 not a quid pro quo. It's not necessarily a, a, a deal. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of situation. If you're just generous with the world and really 
and really be out there for people and help people out, you're going to be happier in the long run. And, um, and, it, and it's a matter of just trust me on this. You know, it, it, it's an act of faith to a certain degree. <laughs> just like it's an act of faith when you get into in an airplane that it's going to land safely when you get to the other end. Um, this is true there. The more the more generous you are to the world, it will it will come back. And I think that's where mo- too many people fail is they kind of feel like they have a that life is is a world of scarcity, and I better get my piece. There's plenty out there. There's plenty out there. It's a it's an infinite pie. I think that's. I don't know if we shared something like that, but I I want to make sure that people hear that. Pat Helmers, that is very inspiring. And I know you are truly happy with everything you are doing because you are most definitely serving the world. And thank you for that. Thank you so much for your positive imprints. Thanks for having me on here, Catherine. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. You can learn more about Pat from his website, salesbabble.com. Thanks for listening to this free podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast platform. Support me by downloading my episodes by hitting that follow or subscribe button. You can also listen from my website where you can sign up for podcast updates. Sign up now at yourpositiveimprint.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Music by Chris Knoll, chrisknoll.com. Subscribe or follow my podcast by hitting that button now. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?